This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This Master Brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by Hopsteiner, a global leader in the hop industry focused on quality, sustainability, and innovation in new hop varieties and hop products. Contact our brewery sales team to provide you with the hop-related tools you need to craft your next great beer. For more information, visit hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Get to know Proximity Malt. We malt superior, European-style, low-protein varieties grown close to home in Delaware and Colorado. Domestically grown, precisely malted to style. With our team of seasoned experts and two brand-new malt houses, try what's really new in malt. Check us out at www.proximitymalt.com. Every beer has a story, and that's why, for over 95 years, Gusmer Enterprises has offered a full line of solutions, including equipment, analytical instrumentation, and processing aids, all brought to you from leading suppliers and backed by strong technical support. For the solution to your story, go to gusmerbeer.com. go much faster than that, you're going to start creating a lot of turbulence and your air is going to start mixing with your CO2 in the tank, in which case you're not actually purging it the way that you are hoping you're doing. This week on the show, Audrey Skinner joins us to talk about bright tank purges and other important battles in the war you're hopefully waging against dissolved oxygen in your brewery. My name is Audrey Skinner and I'm with Imbibe Solutions. If oxygen reacts so quickly, why do the sensory effects take a while to present themselves? So the oxygen is going to bind immediately to compounds within the beer. That's why our DO numbers drop really quickly. But those compounds that now have these oxygen are going to initiate other reactions um, with other compounds in the beer, and those are going to take a while. And those are the ones that are going to affect our taste, our aroma and even the the color of the beer. All right, let's look at some common areas where oxygen pickup occurs in a brewery. Talk about sampling ports. Sampling ports are a really easy place for a small air bubble to get into your tank. After you're done fermenting, you want no air to have any access to your beer. But a sample port is a really simple overlooked spot. When you're attaching your sample port to your tank, you're actually putting an air bubble uh, between your sample port and your tank valve. And when you open your tank valve, you're then letting that air bubble into your beer. And it may not seem like a lot, but it doesn't take much oxygen to start triggering all these reactions. So instead of doing that, open your sample valve first, then open your tank valve and let the beer push that air bubble out of the sample port then you can quickly turn off the sample port valve and proceed with whatever you're doing. Let's talk about brewery hose. Uh, That's another area where you can pick up some oxygen. Talk about that. 
so when you're hooking up a, a transfer hose from a fermentation to a brine tank, for example, the hose is going to be either full of air or full of a, a sanitizer, which also could be its own oxidizing agent. So you want to remove all of that before you actually transfer the beer through. You can do that two ways. Either you hook up your hose to your fermentation tank and let beer flow through it to push out all of that sanitizer or oxygen. It's going to take a couple gallons to push through. It's not going to be instantaneous. That first little bit comes out and you're good to go. You're going to need to actually go through a couple gallons. Alternatively, you can hook up uh, a T fitting on your your tubing or your transfer hoses and purge it with CO2, kind of like you would a bright tank. Uh, the recommendation for doing that is going to be about 10 minutes at 5 psi for about every 10 feet of hose. Where does that come from? Because that seems to kind of a long, uh, that's surprisingly long to me. It is. It is a, it, it is a long time. And it's what we found when um, running a, a study in a brewery. We hooked up our C-box to the lower end um, and kind of waited for all of that oxygen to clear out because what's happening is you're getting some turbulence in there. Your air and your CO2 are mixing. So it's not like there's a wall when you're pushing in your CO2 that is going to push all the air out. There's going to be some mixing and you have to remove that as well. Okay. I think uh, one of the most interesting topics here to me is, is bright beer tank purges. Um, you talked about turbulent flow a little bit ago in the uh, inside of hoses, but that happens in bright tanks as well. It absolutely does. That's one of my favorite topics to bring up with new brewers is to make sure that they're actually purging their bright tank. Otherwise, you have a giant source of air that you're letting your beer come in contact with. And so just like the hoses, you want to do that low and slow. So 5 PSI, roughly an hour per every 10 barrels or 3 to 4 hours for a 30-barrel tank. If you go much faster than that, you're going to start creating a lot of turbulence and your air is going to start mixing with your CO2 in the tank, in which case you're not actually purging it the way that you are hoping you're doing. All right. And I can't remember if we've talked about this on the show, uh, but I've seen somewhere a presentation or paper, maybe a thread on Ask the Brewmasters with a diagram that shows how that size of that mixing layer um, you know, increases with with CO2 flow rate and decreases as the as you go slower. Um, do you want to talk about that at all? That was probably my presentation for the Mid-Atlantic a couple years ago. Um, yeah, so, so go slow. If you're going too fast, you're just going to get all turbulence in the tank. You're, you're creating a, a big windstorm essentially inside of your tank from top to bottom the faster you go. If you're going slow, you're just going to get a little bit of turbulence right at that layer, uh, right at creating a layer right between a solid CO2 and your top air layer. And as you go fill it slowly, you're going to be pushing that very small turbulent layer up, up, and out of your tank, removing the air as best as possible. Yeah. And also, I think a lot of brewers tend to think that, okay, CO2 is heavier than air, so it's going to naturally over time settle to the bottom. But that's not what's really ends up happening here because it doesn't take much to create turbulence inside the tank. Even a small temperature change will do it. So you never want to let these things sit overnight. You want to purge it and fill it right away. 
Absolutely. That's actually one of my favorite uh, equations is PV equals NRT. It's the relationship between temperature, volume, and pressure. And you change any one of those and you're going to start getting movement inside of your container. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to get blending again with your CO2 and your air. So you really need to do it all in one day. You're going to purge your tank. You're going to fill it. And then ideally, you're actually going to package it that day as well. Although I realize larger tanks, this is going to take a lot longer process. So do it kind of as best you can. Coming up, what to do if you just don't have a DO meter and more. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. Support for this podcast is brought to you by... ABS Commercial is a full-service brewery and parts outfitter. From our Raleigh headquarters to our Denver office, we proudly offer brew houses and fermenters from three barrels and up, yeast brinks, boilers, kegs, chillers, tri-clamp, and other stainless parts, all with the quickest delivery and lead times in the industry. Learn more at abs-commercial.com or call 877-BREW-ABS. ABS Commercial. We are brewers. Master Brewers Podcast is brought to you by RAR North Star Pills, a new base malt to set your compass by. RAR North Star Pills is crafted for brewers looking for a domestic Pilsner malt with low color and low modification. North Star Pills carries overtones of honey and sweetbread, supported by flavors and aromas of hay and nutty character, suitable for any beer style, but particularly craft-brewed versions of classic lagers. Let RAR North Star Pills guide your craft by visiting bsgcraftbrewing.com or contact us at 1-800-374-2739. Additional support provided by Brew Monitor from Precision Fermentation live streams data from your active fermentations, allowing you to remotely track dissolved oxygen, pH, gravity, pressure, temperature, and conductivity from any smartphone, tablet, or PC. Try it free for 30 days. Visit precisionfermentation.com slash MBAA. As you might imagine, there still aren't any opportunities to gather in person for district meetings, but that doesn't slow us down. After all, Master Brewers, which was formed in 1887, has survived more than one pandemic. Spring and summer have brought us numerous webinars and virtual district meetings, many of which can be replayed on demand. You've heard me talking about the 2020 World Brewing Congress for several months now. As I've mentioned, it's my favorite industry conference. I've been looking forward to it since the 2016 WBC ended. Unfortunately, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we won't be able to gather in Minneapolis as planned. As much as that stinks, there is a pretty serious silver lining. WBC 2020 is going fully virtual, which means you can access the world's most cutting-edge research in brewing science and technology easily and affordably from the comfort of your own home. Registration for WBC Connect is now open with information on both free and paid programming options. Visit worldbrewingcongress.org for details or check the direct link in the show notes. The District Northwest Fall Meeting is scheduled for October 9th and 10th. You've probably heard of or even attended one of the famous two-week courses that Master Brewers puts on each year in Madison. Well, those classes will be all virtual this year, which means you can now get the same education without spending money to travel, 
and while taking advantage of 45% off course tuition. The Brewery Maintenance Systems course begins October 11th, and the Brewing and Malting Science course starts October 25th. The Master Brewers Podcast Working Group still needs representation from a few more districts. Look for details in the Master Brewers Communicator or go to masterbrewerspodcast.com slash working group. Now back to the show. And you want to go slow when you're filling the bright tank as well, right? Yes. If you start filling too fast and you have any little bit of air in that tank, you're going to create a big fountain and it's going to create movement in the air and it's going to mix it all right back in. So if you start out slowly, um, you're going to let your beer just fill up just a little bit just to get over that, that point of fountain and you can slowly turn it up as you as you proceed. But you really want to avoid that that big movement and gush that happens when you first open the valve. If you just don't have a DO meter because your brewery can't afford it or whatever, how should you and how shouldn't you determine whether or not a bright tank is finished purging? That's a great question. A lot of people can't have don't have that DO meter. So a good way to do it is to either go by kind of my suggested guidelines of three to four hours for a 30 barrel tank. Um, and kind of hope for the best, which it's probably going to do you pretty well. You could also see if uh, you know somebody else and you could borrow their DO meter or even see about doing a trial with a company just to look at fine-tuning your your method, and then you can repeat that every time even though you don't have the DO meter. You should do pretty well. What you don't want to do is put somebody on top of that tank and getting them to smell it. The smell test is a terrible way to do this. It's dangerous for your employees and can have some really bad results if things go wrong. It's also not a a great test. You can actually still have 2,000 parts per billion of oxygen in your tank. Yeah, CO2 is odorless. People don't realize that. (laughs) Right, (laughs) yeah. So so even when you get to the point that you can't breathe, there's still going to be plenty of oxygen in that tank. It's just not enough for you to breathe. Another good option is a flame test. You can actually hold a flame over the output at the top of the tank because fire requires oxygen. And so when the oxygen is getting low enough, that flame should go out. It's not a perfect test, but it's saving your employees and should do you pretty well. And you know, another great option, depending on your setup, is to just fill the bright tank full of hot water and then press that out. Uh, I'll put a link to a few resources on that topic. There's at least a Master Brewers tech tip, and I think if you ask the Brewmaster's threads, uh, that covers that. So check that out in the show notes. All right. Um, Reducing oxygen ingress during packaging is a subject that gets a lot of attention. What's your advice on that topic? Um, You had guests from Wild Goose a while ago that really talked about reducing... Goose Island. Goose Island. Oh, my goodness. Lots of geese. (laughs) Goose Island. You had guests... Goose Island using a wild goose. Wild, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, You had guests from Goose Island on the show a while ago that talked about their 
wild goose line. And they had some really great points. You really want to look at the temperature of the beer that's going in. You want to look at the fill pressure, how fast you're actually filling that can or bottle. Are you uh, purging it completely? How fast are you doing that? You want to consider the style of the beer. An IPA is going to react slightly different than a lager. One of the big things uh, that they talked about was these frog eye bubbles. If you see these really big bubbles come out on top of your on your foam cap, you can instantly know that you're already going to have a high DO. But the other thing that they I would like to add to to what they had is as soon as and this applies to a canning line, as soon as the lid drops, it needs to be tapped down onto that uh, nice foam cap that you have there. Otherwise, you are letting that foam be exposed to oxygen and the oxygen can then get into your beer. So there are a couple different ways that um, canning line op- or canning line producers have come up with this uh, to solve this. Wild Goose has what they call a hockey skate. It's a piece of plastic that just kind of taps down right on top of that lid. Lid slides under, hockey state skate pushes the lid down on the can. Other lines might have a wheel, and you want to make sure that wheel is as close to that lid drop as possible. So as soon as the lid gets on, it does kind of a wave motion and pushes that cap down on top of that foam. We talked about the difference between DO and TPO and how to measure TPO in packages back on episode 55. But since I still encounter a lot of folks who don't understand why those measurements need to be made quickly, um, talk about that. Tell us what your experience is. How fast is fast enough? Um, What's too long? So, yeah, you really need to check for DO or TPO, depending on your system, right off of the canning line. As I talked about in the beginning, those reactions happen really fast. That oxygen gets in there and it binds. And that num- that DO number and TPO number is going to start dropping really quickly. So pull the cans off the line, get them shaken, and get them tested really as fast as you can do that. If you let them sit for any length of time, they're going to start increasing in temperature. Those reactions are going to start happening faster. And you're going to get an artificial number the longer they sit. I know you wanted to talk about some differences when measuring TPO in bottles versus cans. What did you want to point out there? One of your other episodes, you had two guys from Hawk on to talk about TPO and how important TPO is when monitoring shelf life. And I fully agree with them. It is extremely important. But I will say it is more important when working with bottles than it is working with cans. Because... The ranges that we are working with with DO actually compare really well to the TPO that you're aiming for with cans, but not with bottles. So for example, in uh, total package oxygen, you need to account for the headspace and any oxygen that is present there. In a can, that's going to be about 9 milliliters. Let's say you're packaging right around zero degrees Celsius. So by the time you're actually testing it, it's up at about five or 42 Fahrenheit for those that need that conversion. The the hot guys say that uh, 60 parts per billion is absolutely outstanding. That's what the big breweries are 
getting consistently and really, really aiming for. So for a 16 or a 12 ounce can, that's going to be about a DO of 40 parts per billion, which is really where we want it. It's it's the ideal range. Um, anything usually we say below 50 is awesome. If you then go up a little bit higher, so a TPO of about 150 parts per billion, quote, is not great, but not terrible. And so when you transfer that to dissolved oxygen, that's about 100 parts per billion in both a 16 and a 12 ounce can, which is right where we say for a craft brewery who is trying to get their dissolved oxygen levels down on their canning line, aiming for below 100 is a great starting point. Then you can aim for that below 50. But first thing, let's get it below 100. Anything above 200 uh, parts per billion TPO is going to be really problematic, which is exactly what agrees with the dissolved oxygen. Really, anything above 100, we're not super fans of. With bottles, however, there's a much larger headspace, about 20 milliliters, that you have to account for. So to get that not great but not terrible range of 150 parts per billion of TPO, you have to have a DO at 45 parts per billion. For that 60 parts per billion TPO, the outstanding number, you have to have a DO of 25. So these are going to be a lot harder numbers to work with and try and get down to in a bottle. And you're working with much smaller numbers on a very large scale, right? Your scale goes from zero to a thousand parts per billion, let's say, and go a little higher. You're, you're working at the very low end and using TPO on a bottle is going to be a lot more accurate because you're going to have more range to move in rather than working between zero and 45. That was Audrey Skinner here on the Master Brewers podcast. If you're in the market for a DO meter, check out the link in the show notes to Audrey's article. In it, you'll find an overview of several meters, including prices and the pros and cons of each. You've heard me talking about the 2020 World Brewing Congress for several months now. As I've mentioned, it's my favorite industry conference. I've been looking forward to it since the 2016 WBC ended. Unfortunately, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we won't be able to gather in Minneapolis as planned. As much as that stinks, there is a pretty serious silver lining. WBC 2020 is going fully virtual, which means you can access the world's most cutting-edge research in brewing science and technology easily and affordably from the comfort of your own home. Registration for WBC Connect is now open, with information on both free and paid programming options. Visit worldbrewingcongress.org for details, or check the direct link in the show notes. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers podcast? Let me tell you about a simple way you can help us keep making more. Take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's no way we could produce this show without generous support from sponsors like Hopsteiner, ABS, Proximity Mall, BSG, Gussamer, and Precision Fermentation. So please, let them know you heard their message on the Master Brewers podcast and that you appreciate their support. 